About 10 years ago, uh, the actor Michael Caine won an Oscar for his performance in the movie Cider House Rules. The title of the movie comes from a central scene set in an old apple cider barn uh, that was used as a bunkhouse for poor laborers. And in that bunkhouse, uh, there was posted a dusty, yellowed sheet of rules. And the rules had been ignored for years and years because the workers who lived there couldn't read. But then a worker came who could read. And so he read aloud the cider house rules, which were mainly safety guidelines. And this led to a debate as to whether or not these rules needed to uh, be obeyed. And one character uh, answered the question with words that become the message of the film. And he says, in effect, everyone can disregard these rules because whoever made these rules wrote them a long time ago and is no longer around. And whoever made these rules never lived here and doesn't know how we live or what we need to do in order to survive in this world. Well, today, I want us to take a brief but very serious look at the Ten Commandments. And the honest among us will admit that lurking within us is, uh, are some questions about uh, how much the Ten Commandments of Mount Sinai really apply to us. After all, command number one is about not having other gods. And none of us are struggling with polytheism, right? Uh, command number two is a command against idolatry. And nobody's working on idols in their basement, right? So we're tempted to think that maybe the ten rules of Sinai are a lot like the rules of the Cider House. They're just history. After all, the Ten Commandments are over 4,000 years old. Whoever came up with these rules uh, is no longer around and doesn't uh, know us. But more than just old, the Ten Commandments are joy-killing rules that are the opposite of the spirit of freedom, right? The Ten Commandments form a rigid, uh, inflexible straitjacket of bondage, right? No, wrong. The Ten Commandments are the words of the living God who knows how to give his people true life and true freedom. And his Ten Commandments are not a bunch of restrictive rules designed to keep us handcuffed and shackled. These are guides to true freedom. So would you please turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Here in Fairfield, if you're using the Bible in front of you, this should be on page 54. And while you find Exodus chapter 20, let me remind you of the setting of these words. Uh, God gave these Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai just 12 weeks after he led his people out of Egypt, where they had been slaves for over 200 years. 200 years! Uh, the entire length of the history of the United States. That's how long God's people had been enslaved in Egypt. So everyone who, who received the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai had been born in slavery, had been raised in slavery, and had spent every minute of their lives in slavery. But then 12 weeks ago, God changed that. And then he gathers his people at Mount Sinai. And now these words from Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. 
And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two, you shall not make for yourself images in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Commandment number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Commandment number five, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord God is giving you. Commandment number six, you shall not murder. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, you shall not steal. Commandment number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Commandment number ten, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his servant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. Now let me draw your attention now to uh, God's one-sentence prologue uh, that appears in verse 2. Uh, God introduces the Ten Commandments with these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And in this one-sentence prologue before the Ten Commandments, God explains that he is the author of freedom from slavery. God says, three months ago, you were slaves, but I, the Lord your God, rescued you from slavery. I am the one who gives you freedom. And this prologue tells us something about the Ten Commandments. It tells us that in God's mind, the Ten Commandments are not chains designed to put anyone into a new kind of bondage. God says, no, I am the one who brings you out of slavery. I am the one who leads you into true freedom. God brought his people out of 200 years of slavery in Egypt so that when God gives the Ten Commandments, it is not to put anyone back into slavery. It is to teach them how to be free. For 200 years, God's people had developed the habits and the mindset of slavery. They were fish who swam in the culture of slavery. They say, if you ask a fish uh, what it's like to live in water, a fish will say, water? What water? The point is that when you're a fish, you don't think about water because you take it for granted. Water is your invisible culture because you don't know any other way to live. Well, after 200 years of slavery, God's people didn't know that there was another way to live. They were fish who swam in slavery. And so God gave them the Ten Commands designed to teach them how to be free. I need freedom training too. I need to learn how to be free because I am a fish who swims in a culture of slavery. And you do too. As a young boy, uh, just about every Sunday night, I watched a TV show called Wild Kingdom. 
Uh, actually, it was called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And it was called this because the Mutual of Omaha Insurance Company was the sponsor of this uh, TV show, which was kind of like a National Geographic nature show hosted by an older gentleman named Marlon Perkins. And Marlon Perkins was an animal expert who narrated the show in a suit and a tie and uh, gave a running commentary on what his co-star Jim uh, was doing in the dangerous jungles of the Wild Kingdom. Uh, Jim was a younger guy who wore this like khaki uh, shirt and uh, boots and a safari outfit. And uh, Marlon Perkins uh, would sit in the studio and say things like, And now Jim will carefully approach the uh, giant white alligator and lift it and turn it over so that we may see its markings on its underbelly. And the look on Jim's face would be kind of, who, me? I'm going to have to do this. And uh, Marlon Perkins would say, notice that the giant alligator is somewhat agitated. And uh, uh, meanwhile, Jim would be uh, in a death struggle with. And anyway, by the end of the program, Jim would have a ripped safari shirt. He looked like the kind of guy who needed a lot of mutual of Omaha insurance. Uh, Wild Kingdom was a very educational program. I learned a lot watching Wild Kingdom. Uh, first, I learned that when I grew up, uh, I wanted to be like Marlon. Uh, I didn't want to be like Jim. I wanted to, it was motivation to stay in school uh, so that I could be the guy who wears a suit and not somebody who has to wrestle the alligator. Uh, two, I also learned a lot about insurance. And three, I also learned uh, a lot about the wild animal kingdom and uh, particularly the, the process uh, and the art of introducing an animal that has been raised in captivity back into the wild. Uh, this was one of the major themes of the Wild Kingdom. So every other week they had a uh, segment on the complicated process of introducing a zoo animal into the freedom of the wild. And Marlon Perkins would explain how it was just common sense that if you took a rare species of African gazelle who was raised in captivity uh, and just dropped the gazelle in the wild savanna, it would not survive. So before captivity raised gazelle could be released, it had to learn how to be free. It must learn where the sources of food are and water and shelter. It must learn to avoid uh, predators. It had to learn how to be free. And the Wild Kingdom would show how these professionals would spend months training a rare African gazelle for its release in the wild. And if you use your imagination, you can just imagine this gazelle going through this training with thoughts like, man, I thought freedom was going to be free. I thought freedom was going to be easy. And I, I thought that I could do whatever I wanted. But these trainers just make freedom into a bunch of restrictions. You shall not drink the green water. You shall not go near the lions. You shall stay away from the guy named Jim. Uh, where's the freedom in this? Uh, and we look at the Ten Commandments and we say the same thing. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. Where is the freedom in this? But freedom is what the Ten Commandments are all about. When God gave the Ten Commandments 4,000 years ago, it was to teach His people how to be free. And nothing has changed. God intends these commands today to teach me how to live free because I swim in a culture of slavery. Slavery to Pharaoh is bad. 
But it is not the worst kind of slavery. Jesus talks about the worst form of slavery in the Gospel of John, chapter 8. In the, verse, uh, in the 34th verse, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no place in God's family. Only a son has a permanent place in the family. But if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is saying that there is a slavery that is far worse than slavery to Pharaoh. The worst slavery is inside. It's an internal slavery. Uh, and then this is the slavery that I swim in. And this is the slavery that Jesus came to deliver me from and you from. When he died upon the cross, he gave us Freedom to become God's children, filled with God's Spirit, so that that Spirit would lead us into an obedience to these guides expressed in the Ten Commandments. So God supplies Ten Commands that make me free indeed as a child of God through Jesus. Let's take a quick look uh, through the Ten Commandments and how they point to true freedom. Command number one is, you shall have no other gods before me. In the first command, God tells me that freedom is found only when I put God first in my life. Many people try to put something else first in their lives. Many people try to put people-pleasing first in their lives instead of God. But people-pleasing becomes a life of slavery to polls and opinions. In the same way, anything or anyone that I put in that priority place that belongs to God, that thing or uh, situation will enslave me. Freedom is found only when I make God my God, the true God my God. Uh, You shall not worship an image. In the second command, God warns me against reducing him to a God of my own mental image. False mental images of God enslave me in guilt and fear and foolishness. False images of God enslave me, but when I follow the true God of Scripture... The God of holiness and love and power and mercy and forgiveness. He sets me free. You shall not misuse my name. In the third command, God calls me to the freedom found in true worship. Uh, In his person, conscious of his person through the reverence of his name. You shall keep the Sabbath. In the fourth command, God calls me away from the slavery of overwork. And into the liberation of enjoying creation by enjoying the Creator. You shall honor your parents. In the fifth command, God calls me to find freedom in family. God calls me to make my relationships a priority, starting with honoring my first human relationship, my parents. You shall not murder. In the sixth command, God calls me away from the prison of hatred and anger into the freedom of forgiveness. Command number seven, you shall not commit adultery. In the the seventh command, God calls me away from being locked in lusts and calls me to the freedom of faithfulness in the commitment of marriage. You shall not steal. In the eighth command, God calls me away from the jail of jealousy that motivates me me to take what is not mine. God calls me to the freedom of being satisfied with what I have. 
In the ninth command, God calls me out of the dungeon of deception and into the freedom of honesty and being honest about who I really am. And you shall not covet is the tenth command. And this is where God calls me out of the chains of uncontrolled appetites and into the freedom of contentment. In the Ten Commandments, God reveals that there is a type of slavery that is infinitely worse than being a slave to Pharaoh. The worst slavery is being chained to the sinful attitudes on the inside. In the Ten Commands, God reveals that there is a freedom inside that makes me free indeed. And that freedom comes with following Jesus Christ and receiving the forgiveness that comes with his death on the cross that makes me a child of God. This is how God wants to use these Ten Commandments, even right now in the life of every child of God here listening to me right now. Right now, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you through these ten commands. He is putting his finger on one of these commands, at least one, where you need to experience true freedom. Right now, God is speaking to you about his desire to break your chains of slavery so that you can be free as his child. Free to really love God. Free to really love people. Free to be who God is calling you to be. Free to really experience the joy and gladness of being free indeed in Christ. I read recently about a, uh, a, about a polar bear uh, who is kept in a small cage in a city zoo for 10 years. And this polar bear was held in this small cage that was so small that for 10 years, all the animal could do was take two steps to the right, turn around, and take two steps to the left. Two steps to the right, turn around, and take two steps to the left. Well, then finally, the zoo got a huge grant uh, that was designed or it was given with the purpose of uh, creating a modern polar habitat. Uh, the zoo built a state-of-the-art uh, Arctic wonderland for this pol- polar bear. It was, a, it was a huge natural setting, uh, complete with caves and uh, ice flows and waterfalls. And finally the day came when the zoo moved their long-suffering polar bear in, from its tiny cage and into uh, this huge new home. And you know what that polar bear did? He glanced around and sniffed this fresh air and then put his head down and took two steps to the right and took two steps to the left and two steps to the right. When we begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, God sets us free. He sets us free from our tiny cages of our appetites and our desires to swim in in sync with our culture. God takes us out of this slavery and puts us into a wide open world of freedom that comes with following Jesus. But this polar bear proves that you can be placed in freedom, but still live in the habits of captivity, still live with a mindset of slavery. Maybe you're just like that polar bear today. Maybe you've been pacing back and forth in the enslavery, in the slavery of the culture that we live in. A culture that is 
chained to selfishness and greed and pride and anger and jealousy. Maybe you're not going anywhere in your spiritual life. Maybe you're not growing anywhere in your uh, relationship with God because you're not following His plan of freedom. It's time to really ask God how to be free. It's time to allow God to use the Ten Commandments to put His finger on an area where you need to experience His freedom. In the quietness, right now, allow God to just put His hand on your shoulder and draw your attention, pointing His finger to the commandment that He wants you to start with right now so that you can follow Him to freedom and be free indeed. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for these Ten Commands uh, designed to set your people free. But Lord, we know that uh, without the coming of Jesus Christ, dying upon the cross for us, there would be no freedom. The freedom comes as we receive your forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ. And as we follow him, we become your children. And then these commands become expressions of freedom and lead us to the true liberation of the, that comes with the fullness, the fullness of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we come to your table again to celebrate this freedom and to ask you once again to increase our experience of this forgiveness and this freedom.